You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. Let's start with kind of, you know, who you are, how you got started, and what what caused the creation of Gundog Outdoors. Okay. So, yeah, you can just you can just start talking about how you came up with the idea okay. or what inspired you to come up with that. Okay. I, I don't know if you wanted me to go into my backstory as far as where I came. I mean, because it's a long story. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> there, there's no limit to the podcast here. I mean, obviously, we've got we've got no no time limit. So, I mean, okay. yeah, you can kind of start with, you know, yeah, whatever, wherever. Start. Okay. Yeah, you're good. All right. Well, um, thanks for having me. Um, just uh, came in and, and uh, want to talk about uh, Gundog Outdoors and, and who I am and where I came from. And, you know, I started, I've been in the industry for about uh, 17 years now. I started uh, as a hunting guide for about 10 years, and then I got affiliated with uh, some companies, uh, Avery and Greenhead Gear and uh, Zinc. They got me on their pro staff, and I started doing that thing, and, and uh, I... Started making hunting videos with uh, Fred Zink. I produ- produced uh, four hunting videos, a uh, Rest When You're Dead series. Did that. Um, got approached uh, at my third video by Chad Belding. He wanted to do, produce a TV show. And uh, I uh, said, I know absolutely nothing about television. He said, that's okay because I just need a, a field producer. So I, I grabbed my camera crews. I had a couple camera guys working for me at the time. I I trained up on the on the whole filming out- outdoor stuff. And, and then uh, so... We started uh, doing uh, the foul life. I did that for three years, and then after three years, I decided to move on. and And after that, I got approached by um, Bill uh, Will Roth and Matthew Cagle, the owners of well, Bill owns uh, Dakota, and Matthew owns Righam Wright, and they wanted to do a TV show. So we collaborated. We came up with the the Grind Waterfowl TV. So I I produced that for them, and that that time I actually produced the entire show, the you know from start to to end. I did that for three years, and then I worked for the fire department. So after the the Third year, I got promoted to training lieutenant and stuff like that. So I had to, I had to uh, kind of give that up, you know, traveling and doing all that stuff because I now I'm working from a desk. So anyway, I, I got out of that and then I um, just started getting back into hunting and just enjoying not having to work for a living, you know, going out and traveling and doing all that stuff. And and then uh, one day I'm just sitting there and we're hunting and I'm looking at. We we when we hunt we we hunt with multiple dogs and and it seems like everyone has to tie up their dogs that we hunt with because one dog breaks and it was just a real pain in in the in the butt and so I'm thinking to myself I'm sitting there I'm just looking there's got to be a better way to release these dogs and and teach them not to to break in the field when you're trying to trying to hunt you know it's one situation when you're you're out training your dog in a controlled environment but now you all of a sudden go in a hunting situation where you got adrenaline you got birds you got guns you got people excited and all of a sudden you, other dogs and now it's just it's, it's difficult with, especially with young dogs so so i kind of uh, reflected back to my uh, my firefighter stuff and and i came up with the concept of a, a system to where i could just pull a cord and it releases you uh, you know st- releases the dog which is very similar to what we do in a fire service when we are in our air packs and we're sitting up in a seat and so to get out of the seat real quick um, to just jump out with your air pack on you just pull a cord and it releases your air pack so I, I kind of used that as a concept and I kind of designed this for about a year and I came up with this uh, cool system that um, basically uh, just keeps dogs from breaking and, and teaches them not to break while you're while you're hunting and um it's just been really successful and 
Well, we've been I've been selling them. I started selling them online and doing social media stuff, and just been really killing it. And I get a lot of feedback from customers saying um, they just it's really helped them train their dog. I had one guy reach out to me, sent me an email, and and basically told me that he'd always have to hold his dog back and and not let his um, he let his friend shoot first. And so once he got my system, he used it, and within two weeks, it actually trained his dog not to break. And it's an adult dog, it's not a pup. Trained his dog not to break within two weeks. So I thought that was just a, a great testimony. And I'm getting those weekly from guys who got the system now because there's quite a few of them out. And, you know, it's one thing when you field tested on two dogs, three dogs, but when you get thousands of them out there and, and all over the country in different hunting situations. And, and so that was pretty that was pretty neat to get the, the feedback from, from him plus all the other individuals. Absolutely. So... Those who are listening today, um, we're talking with Alex from Gun Dogs Outdoor. We've also got Mario from FA. He's in town for the week, so we decided right. we were going to drag him in on a podcast, and he's going to sit down and talk with us at well, which we'll, we'll get another podcast with you. So yeah, that's fine. We'll lock you I'm, down for another one. I'm all about it, bro. I'm Absolutely. Man. Okay. And I've known Alex for way too long. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you guys go way back. Oh, bro. Long time. Well, I'm in Oregon. He's in Washington. I mean, we're, I mean, we're three and a half hours from each other. So, yeah, I've known Alex forever. So he's about three and a half hours from me where he guided, I guided. You know, we cut our teeth kind of in the same, the same area uh, of guiding over in the, in, the, in the basin and through Tri-Cities and all that. Now, and, where is that at for people who don't that's know? It. So that'll be eastern Washington, east side of the state, uh, Kennewick, yeah. Richland, yeah. Tri-Cities, yeah. Uh, all the way down to, like, I mean, the cool thing about that whole section is the Columbia River is south and then everything up, and those birds just... Yeah hover that the freeze line almost yep. and, and they, it's where the snake river which is a massive river that yep. comes out of idaho and goes in and it dumps into the columbia river and that whole system right there is just a great area for waterfowl it's just a it's one of the major staging areas and in fact they, it'll hold a lot of birds throughout the winter because really the the, the snake in the columbia will never freeze we it just never never does so yep. we always are holding birds it's it's a really Really neat place. It gets a lot of pressure, but yeah. you get a lot of waterfowl, a lot of lessers coming out of Alaska and, and Northern Territories, and then you got specks and snows coming through there, and then you got, of course, every kind of duck that's, you know, coming through there, divers and, and puddlers, and so it's just a really special place to hunt. So that's why you guys typically hold a lot of birds is because the, the rivers never do freeze. And, I mean, typically yeah. here around the Kansas City area, the Missouri doesn't freeze hard, but it'll get to where it's, it's pretty pretty choppy, pretty chunky with big ice flow when it gets cold. And, of course, the ducks aren't going to be in that. They'll get behind the wing dikes and stuff, obviously. But I, I've never seen the Columbia or snake in person, but just pictures. And, I mean, they're pretty big, deep rivers. That's where all the giant sturgeon and stuff are, too. Right? Yeah, you get the oversized yeah. of 10-footers. Look like you're pulling up a... <laughs> A dinosaur, yeah, yeah. It, it, is, it is a dinosaur, <laughs> a dinosaur there's dinosaur. no doubt. Yeah. So that's cool, and it, so the eastern side of the state, like Spokane area, that... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you start getting over that way, it's totally different. See yeah. where I'm at, I'm on the, they call it, the, it, well, it's the west side, but it's the wet side, so I get mm -hmm. all the rain. It's right, the, the Cascade Mountain Range comes yep. through Washington, Oregon, and so that mountain range stops all the rain from coming over from the Pacific side, so it dumps everything right there, and that's why everything's green in the Seattle, Portland area is just yep. green. And then once you get on to the other side of the Cascades, yep. now you've got your high mountain desert, your ag a lot of agriculture, a lot of you know wheat farm. I mean yeah, everything. I they grow say, everything. Winter wheat, corn, corn barley, yep. like you name everything. It. Yeah, yeah. one wine, oh. apples. I mean you just yeah. name it. It's just a huge agricultural place. So that that's just great for you know the waterfowl and and other things that 
you know, over there. And then you start getting over in your Spokane. Then you start getting up into the mountains, where Idaho and stuff like that. So that that just little area that that we call the um, the basin, Columbia Basin. That's just a, a great you know waterfowling destination. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this, uh, the quick release. How does sure. it actually work? So what it is, it's, it's got um, the three main parts of it. And the first part is just a, a, a leash-type um, system. I mean, it actually is a leash, but it's designed a little bit differently. It's got um, snap hooks on either end, so it's, it's uh, really functional just as a leash itself. You can use it um, to clip it on itself and, and use it hands-free lead, you know, when you got your hands full or actually training a young dog to heal. So that's part of it. And then and that secures to anything um, designed to secure to anything in the field, um, any kind of hunting situation, whether it be a pit blind, a, a layout blind, a A-frame, a, a boat blind, a, a stick built blind, whatever, you know, it, hunting timber, it just, you can wrap around, it's very adjustable. And then the second part of it, it, it comes with a, just a d- double snap hook that, that assists in that adjustment of the length. And then the, 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 the money part is it's going to be a, a, a shackle with a tether on it. And that this shackle is, um, it's concept from a, a horse shackle, just a big shackle for emergency except it, I had them downsized it to about the size of a half dollar I mean a full you know silver dollar and basically it just clips on there and it's all marine grade it's all you know I, I make sure everything comes out um, it's all inspected and, and put together well and, and we just uh, that clips onto the collar of the dog and it's got a six foot tether so what's really nice about it is I can be in a layout blind my dog can be three feet away and I can release it and and what's nice about it is a lot of guys will just um, use a regular leash and hook it up to their collar. Well, a lot of times that dog is pulling on it, and and you have to pull the the head, you know, pull the dog back, and it keeps the, gets the eyes off the off the bird. A lot of times they're marking these birds in the field. So when you're pulling that collar, it it just disrupts it. It's just not very. It doesn't flow well. Well, with this system, I can simply the dog's got it keeps his eyes on the on the bird. All I do is pull this tether, and it just it just releases it, and and. If it's used correctly, it actually teaches them while you're hunting to to not break. And so the, the way I explain it is once you shoot the birds, the, the dog's watching the birds are still tied up. You simply pull this, this cord. It releases it. You don't send them. You make them honor it still. So you're training them. And after all the, you know, all the birds are down, everyone's calmed down, the shooting's done, you make them um, watch the birds and you release it, drop it, hold it about three to five seconds, then you send them. And this, through this process, it just teaches them that they cannot break without you sending them. And it's just a great training tool for, for um, you know, in the field. And another important thing is, like, every show I've done in the past year, someone has come up to me and told me about a dog that has broke or been shot. And I just can't even imagine that happening. I've been fortunate enough. I've been hunting, uh, waterfowl hunting for 35 years, and I haven't experienced that yet. But, um, I, again, it happens all the time. And this system, it's just a peace of mind because, especially if you're hunting, for example, I go up to Canada every year and I hunt with my buddy, um, Rob, who, and he puts me on a hunt and he always throws in some guy, uh, excuse me, some clients in there. Well, I don't know their skill level. I don't know, you know, young, if they're a young hunter or they've never hunted before. And do I trust my dog not to break in front of them and do I trust them? to not shoot my dog if it does because you got to think about it you bring a young dog up to Canada he, who hasn't hunted in five months and now you've got eight guys in the field in layout blinds you got 
I mean, in Canada, it's you know, you got thousands of birds working you, some landing early right in front of the dog. Um, it's just a lot of um, a lot of pressure for a dog not to break, especially if you throw another dog in the mix. So um, this is just a great tool to, you know, it's a safety tool to keep your dog from breaking. Honestly, when I hunt by myself, I don't worry about it because I know myself, I know my skill, I don't tie up my, my tether up my dog and I can work with her. But all of a sudden you put her in with another dog or a, a different scenario where I don't know these people, I'm not going to take that chance and risk. I mean, my dog is it's part of my family, as most dog owners know that i mean it's just there's there's something special about their dog you know and so to risk that and have people shoot over i see it all the time where people are shooting over dogs as they're running out they broke and it's like that's the absolutely worst thing are you going to risk your dog's life for a dang duck or a goose I, i'm not going to do it so anyway that's why the system was kind of designed and it it's got it's just a great system because not only it protects your dog but it teaches your dog not to break through the process mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. and talking about shooting over a dog <coughs> i i've heard comments and we get comments about a layout blind with a boot bag big enough for a dog to lay in and i'm like oh my god i i couldn't do it nope. because i mean my gun's resting there if that dog breaks wrong place yeah exactly and like I hate to tell you this, Mario, but money is really the star of FA. <laughs> oh, I know that. <laughs> yeah. I know so, that. So let's talk about money a little bit. I mean, have you ever been a part of seeing a dog get shot? I fortunately I have not either. Alex, Alex said the same thing. I've probably been hunting just as much as him, probably you know somewhere in that 35-plus range of years, and, and, and same thing. I've never seen a dog get hurt, injured, or, but I have seen them shot over, you know what I mean? When they break and, 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 you know, and I, you know, I have a duck club in Oregon and, and, you know, sometimes we just won't get the greatest dogs or somebody brings a guest and a dog. And, you know, I've actually made rules where nobody can bring a, a dog anymore that I don't know, like no guest dogs and stuff like that. Cause I just don't know. But I, I will say that, that the, the system, which I use a I mean, I'm basically made anybody in our club that has a dog has one now, because just like Alex said, it it makes them, it makes them honor, it makes them not break, it makes everybody safer. Everybody is. Uh, I've watched it a hundred times. You know, he was just talking about. You know, you have to pull the chain back and release the dog on all the other systems or or just a leash or anything else. I mean, as soon as you do that. It messes up the dog. He doesn't know what's going on. He's got to look over here, look over there, and his focus is off. Done. Right. So this has changed the duck club totally. And now everybody in the club has one. I made them buy one and I, I just leave them down there. So whoever goes and takes a dog down there, they just put them in, you know, we have like the little mutt huts. We put them in the mutt huts and they're tethered with the safety system and that's it. No questions about it. And it also teaches those other dogs like soon, like you said, as soon as you put another dog in the mix, it becomes a competition. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 <clears throat> I, it's it's their drive to yep. want to be yep. the best, yep. and if you have a good dog that has drive, yep. some dog some dogs like it, another dog doesn't bother them. Every dog that I've had is has to like it's mine, mm -hmm. and and I get that, and it's drive. So this kind of curbs the drive that says every bird's not yours. We got to honor everybody. Yep. We got to get along. We got to be. Um, my dog trainer James calls it. We got to be a good civilian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And and it's changed money, and it's helped me because, uh, like just like you were talking about in the layout blinds, like you know if we have the zipper foot bag on a lot of the layout blinds, 
uh, on the FA style ones, like, you know, some guys want to put their dog down there, which is terrible. Like you said, your gun's pointing down there. If he stands up, like it, it's, it's a disaster. So I, I trained money to get behind the headrest and lay there. Now, I, I made I took yours and I just I gotta tie it up around the bars just to be safe. So and shorter. So what I do is I just I tie money, I, I clip him to the shackle. He has enough room to sit up in the layout blind and look out over my back shoulder. So when I'm shooting, he could see straight and he's still tied, and then I can let him, you know, let him loose with the tether and let him go. You know, because usually at that point, uh I usually don't have other dogs because there's not a lot of other dogs that are really skilled to be in the layout line. And and where we're hiding a lot of the times, we don't have a room for a mutt hut. And you can't have even that mutt hut with the dog's head peeking in or out because we're we're you know, we're in a really tight spot. So putting him in the blind is a big deal. So that helps a lot. So the system is it is killer. I have one. I have one in the layout in my layout blind. I have one at the duck club where I sit, and I have one in the boat. So every spot it's being used. Yeah, and I would say our our main sales. It's not the social media or anything like that. Before we got into Rogers, but it was just word of mouth and people seeing the product being used. It's just it's just a really neat product, and and it's just got so many more benefits. I mean, yeah, its main function was safety, but think about this: how many of you have been hunting? And you have a beautiful flock working. You have one or two land, and all of a sudden you got the big flock about to do it, and all of a sudden now you got a dog running around your decoys. And, we've and all it, been there. Yes, everybody's all, jumped the gun. Yeah, right? everybody. And so that's just another benefit. It's like it might be the best flock of the day, and all, all of a sudden you got a dog who can't handle it. So, and I get it. Bro, I'm but, ready to jump out of yeah, my skin sometimes too. too. Yeah. Like, like, listen, I want to pop the safety off and pop smoke too. Believe me, I want to go. But yeah, but here, like you said, here comes the big yep. bunch, and it's like you know, now and you then, got a dog running around. Uh, it's just like, and then, yeah, it's just, and the guy feels like crap. Yep, mm-hmm. he's yep. like, oh my dog oh, yeah. just blew. Because listen, money's done it. Yeah, like oh, sometimes yeah, he yeah. can't take it. He's like. <laughs> I just, I can see and that's what you there. want in a dog. I, yeah, you want that do. drive. You want yeah. that. And then, and so guys are, you know, I've got guys who want to use an e-collar. Well, there's a lot of guys who don't use e-collars. Yes. And there's a lot of guys who can't afford to go and take a dog and do their training. And, and, and so this is just, a, again, a great tool just to, to make it easier from the field. And, and like for me, when I'm there last year, like I was talking about hunting, um, I, I'm calling, I'm flagging, I'm That's doing right. everything. So I don't have the time, the, the luxury to sit there and check my dog constantly saying, stay and stuff. I just yeah, bro, don't. I can't I can't be on the duck call because like, we, we have no battery operated by me. So, so you don't have a remote so, to worry no. about? So it's, it's pull cord, calling, pull cord, watching everybody, watch the birds. I can't check the dog no. with... Uh, <laughs> You know the the remote yeah. to, to give him a little buzz yeah. to say, "Hey, calm down," or he's whining or what. So I, I don't have time for that. Like you said, bro, it's a one man circus. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I look like a monkey with like drums. You need and, two more hands. Uh, yeah, I, I need. Yeah, I need to be four more people to get yeah. it all done. So well, and that's another thing too. We we all know that waterfowl hunting is expensive to begin with. It's a hobby, a profession, or whatever you want to call it. And a lot of guys, maybe they have a dog and they can't afford you know some of those e collars and stuff. Yeah. So this is a much more affordable. Mm-hmm alternative Absolutely. Absolutely. to start with it, yep. it, it, you know maybe you have to explore yep. or a lot of guys don't like the idea of, yeah. of an e-collar or shocking yeah. a dog or anything yeah, like absolutely that. there's a lot of positive training going on all over the country that's really big right now in fact i have six set of different um dog trainers throughout the country that are using this in fact a couple of them are making their clients 
they put it in their package to where their clients now have to use this when they leave and t- take them for the season because they got tired of retraining them from having to break when they get the dog back. So it's just it's just a great tool. I have a club, a big club, three-state club in the Midwest that ma- made it mandatory for all of their hunters to to tie up their dogs because of the ruining hunts and the safety of dogs breaking and being shot over. And then so we they're working with me and I've, you know, given them a pretty good discount, you know, discount on on the club members and stuff like that. So um, it's it's just a it's a really feel good tool for me because there's a I've been in this industry for a long time. I've worked for a lot of different companies. I've helped companies um, get better and grow and through television and stuff like that. And and now this is something that's mine that that I've put I can put my sweat and and you know my belief in and, and grow this, and so it's exciting for me to, to have positive feedback from from true hunters because that's really what it's built for. It's for you know it's something like you watch this like Shark Tank and stuff like that. They're like find a problem and solve it, and that's how you invent something. And that's what I essentially did. I sat there and we have a there was just a problem, and I just made it better. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I, I know this is a podcast, so people are listening, not watching. But I know your website has several videos on how to use it and whatnot. Yep. So before I even forget, what, what's your website? It, so yeah, it's, it's real simple. It's gundogoutdoors.com. Mm-hmm. You just go there, and there's um, it, it, there's a lot of um, videos on there um, on it, how to use the product on different situations. Um, like I've, I've got a boat blind, how we got to set up in our boat blind, how we have a set up in our a uh, stick built blind and and uh, layout blind. And so, and then also describes the system and stuff like that. Um, so it's just a, it's a cool little website. And then the social media, we got Gundog Outdoors on Facebook and on Instagram. And our Instagram page is really just blown up in the last year. And, and we got to do a neat little thing where we have people send in their, their gun dogs. And we do a feature every day of a gun dog across the country. So um, get on there and, and uh, send us your pictures. We love featuring gun dogs because we just absolutely, I just love this. There's nothing you can't hunt without a dog, in my opinion. You gotta have a you gotta have a dog, mm-hmm. and that's just you know. So well, yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast while driving, put down your phone. Don't try and <laughs> look at this while you're driving. But if you're near a computer or later, yeah, yeah pull it up on the phone. Um, great videos to to look at there, so you can get an idea of what we're talking about uh, while you're listening to this. And I know Mario, you don't hunt without a dog either. You've got Money, who's now Insta famous, Internet famous. <laughs> Money's even on a shirt. You're not even on a shirt. No, bro. I've never been on anything. He's <laughs> He's he's legit. There's no doubt. He's signing autographs. You know the whole deal. Like yeah, little paw print. Yeah, <laughs> he's got but, a gold chain now too. Yeah, he does. He yeah. he got he got upgraded in his jewelry category. So yeah. Yeah. No. money's actually going on our pro staff. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not on it. Money's yeah. on it. <laughs> That's awesome. money's told all the dogs at the duck club. Like, hey, dude, you got to use this. Like. <laughs> Or you don't get to come. Yeah, like, you know he's he's like the, he's like the face of stuff. You know, I I've always had a dog, uh, just like Alex said. I, I I truly, you know, listen. There's aggravating days and there's good days and bad days or whatever, and they're all different. They all have different you know personalities because they totally do. But hunting without a dog to me is just an absolute waste of time. I agree. Like if we don't shoot any birds, like I know the dog. You know, he's there. We're going to have a good time. I know he's going to do something stupid that morning that, that's going to make me laugh or whatever. It's just, it truly is having your, your hunting partner there. There's mm-hmm. no <laughs> doubt. You know what I mean? And everyone I've had has been a character. So they've all been different, and they're totally family members and everything. So why not keep them safe and, and train them in the meantime? I mean, this thing is this thing has changed. It's definitely changed the duck clubs because the duck clubs used to be like a, a lot of them 
uh, where I'm at. You know, you're talking about eight, ten guys all hunting together and say there's three, four, and good God, if there's more than four dogs. I mean, it is a flat-out race. And then, you know, if this one grabs the bird and then the other one wants it, now we're playing tug-of-war, and now you come back and you got two pintails. Two <laughs> you don't really have two pintails, but you have to because now it's one's got the head and the other one's got the feet, and now you're going, okay, that was awesome, so let's try not to do that. So. So it's totally it's totally changed the honor and them marking birds. So I, I I'm I'm all about it. I mean, Alex came up with a great thing, and and soon as you watch the video, you'll be like, dude, I get it, yeah. and and I'm I'm in because you know, listen, we 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 piss money away on on dumber stuff <laughs> and have tried everything. You know, waterfowls will try everything. Mm -hmm. and, oh, I think like I see something, I go, oh. I'll, I think I could build that. Yeah. And then you're like, no, I'll just buy it. I yeah. built it. It didn't work yeah. out or whatever. <laughs> this thing is so simple and so easy. It's, it, it is yeah. really cool. And it's good to see like somebody doing their own thing and not copying something and coming up, like you said, like a solution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, if there's, if there's two crowds that, of people that are always trying something, it's bow hunters and waterfowl hunters. There's they no see doubt. something come out. They're like, ooh, I can do that or I can try that yeah. or I need to try that. Yeah. And, and you're talking about pissing away a lot of money oh, how yeah. much money do you spend on <laughs> training and a dog oh, and all right. that and then to disregard their safety or something yeah, like that yeah. why would why would you do that i mean it is a member food. of the family yes, exactly. food shots yes. uh the vet visits yes. like when he does something or gets cut or i mean i mean the money i've uh, and the training has just gone through the roof so yeah. this is this is the cheapest thing you'll you'll get I out agree. of the whole deal i agree you know you just throw it in your blind bag and and just use it. It's a, it's a tool, is what it is. It's just a, it's a tool to, and it's a reinforcement tool. If you, if your dog is getting good at where it's not breaking and stuff, leave it off him for a while. And, and if he breaks, guess what? You're going back on it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how the system works. And well, I, and that's the thing too. It's not something that you need a whole blind bag for. It no, packs up no, tiny. It's a lead, and like a sun ca yeah. uh, sunglass case. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's a, it's simple. <laughs> and it keeps the dog from breaking. Yeah. Which yeah, it, it, a very effective, affordable. Yes. Training tool. Absolutely. Yeah. And yes. especially, again, the people who, I, I still don't understand it, they want their dog in the boot bag. I just, I don't like that. And no. safety should and be foremost yeah. when it comes to dog. Training is important, yes, but safety. Yeah. Because it's a member of the family. Yeah. yeah. And and when the thing is, like, we'd go, when I was filming, I could not, we'd, we'd have a dog that would break and, and guys are shooting over it. I could not, in, in good sense put that on film there's just i'm not gonna no. promote that and i tell i would not scold them but i tell them i cannot film you guys shooting over dog it's not safe it doesn't make mm -hmm. us look professional it doesn't make right. you look professional and it reflects on me because i'm i'm not a dog is so much more to me than a, a duck or a goose because it just it's there's something no doubt you know so. well and and that's that's just one of those things too um yeah safety first but I kind of forgot where I was going with that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going somewhere, yeah. and now I'm not. But, right. um, yeah, you know what happens. I got too many ideas running through. Yeah. 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 So, so let's, talk about, let's talk about hunting. You're, you're in Oregon, right? I'm in Washington. You're in Washington. Mario's in Oregon. Yeah, okay. Yep. I'm backwards here. Yep. Um, wh what are you getting into over there? Are you getting into a lot of specs, lessers? Yeah. Our, our, our bread and butter uh, is uh, mallard. Mallards, yeah. We have a ton. We have a ton of pintail. We have a lot of ducks. Let's just put it that way. They a do. Widge, a ton of widgeons go through there. Um, I personally love the greenhead. If I had to pick one species to hunt, it would be a greenhead. But um, again, we have so many different ducks. We have geese. We have 
you know, lessers coming through, cackling geese coming through. Uh, we have uh, big um, western honks coming through. We got specks. We got snows. I mean, you name it. They're coming through that Pacific Flyway right through our region we're hunting. So it's a pretty... And it's changed pretty, a bunch, too. Oh, yeah. Like, the like farming the practices s- have changed it. The, the snow population over yeah. there, the snows... It used to be like like if you saw some snows that was a big like that was a huge deal like you'd be like holy crap we just saw some snows now there's like like you talk about like the Snake River and the Columbia River there'll be there'll be thirty thousand birds on this side twenty five twenty on this side like it's totally changed that whole area absolutely everything has changed yep. it's it crazy yep. That's it how is. we've gotten in the Midwest with specs now. It used to be one of those things like, oh, I heard some or oh, I saw some. Right. And I wouldn't say it's quite to the extent where you see them all the time, but on any given day, you, you probably should see some. Now, they're more of a, a flyover bird in the sense that you could walk out during the fall and pretty much any night right. you can yeah. hear them flying over. Um, you don't necessarily see them so much during the day, but we're starting to kill them, which yep. it's, it's picking up here. Are, are they big out where you're at in Washington or not so much the specs? The specs, um, they co- the thing with the specs is they come through early yep. um, and they blow through there in September and we really don't have a, we don't have a spec season. We have mm-hmm. an early goose, which is like a weekend, but we just don't really have the specs. Um, they just blow right through into the Oregon, Southern Oregon, into um, Yeah, they hit that climate Falls, Falls yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then they hit right to California. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, usually I could time it like the third week of September, yeah. right around there, I could go out at night at the house and sit on the front and listen to the snows and the specs just roll right by. Yeah. Yep. Summer stopping by us. We're getting a little more of the specs, but not like we yeah. should. I and, hope that yeah, increases. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And we do. I mean, we do shoot specs every once in a while that get mixed in with the flocks of lessers and stuff like that, but um, the, the big groups. But we get massive amount of, of lessers coming out yeah. of Alaska. Just huge amounts of birds coming through mm-hmm. there. And a lot of them are actually staying there through winter because we don't, we don't get. Co- we're not as cold as once you hit the, the Idaho area and start getting the mountains, then you start getting cold. But where we're at, we just because of the Pacific trade winds and stuff like that, and the California winds coming up, we just don't get that cold. I mean, it's you know, it just it's it very uh, a, a duck or goose. It's nothing for them to to hang out. We got as long as they got food and they got open water, you know, they can they can handle it. You know, so it's, there's a lot of it there too. There's yes, an there awful is. lot of food. The agriculture there is. Is crazy, yeah. I see. I didn't think Oregon or Washington oh, would have that much. Oh yeah, huh? I, I got bro. It. The winter, the winter wheat, the winter wheat fields mm-hmm. uh, up there, and the corn. Yep. I mean, just blow your mind. See, and I've only been to coastal Oregon and coastal Washington, so that's yeah. why I just kind of I, I well, can't that, picture that. Like, yeah. I mean, you go from the coast. You come. You come from the coast, like Alex said. You come from the coast into the Cascades, and that's like one section. That's like the rainy part, the foggy part. Sure. You know, the I-5 the, corridor you're talking about. And those birds fly that I-5 corridor like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Then you get a totally different set of birds when you yep. get over the mountains. And you get, you almost get like, like the Pacific Flyway is, has different flyways. Absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, that flyway that Alex is in and they come down that, the basin and everything right through there and then slide through. I mean, man, they get the mallards thick. I don't get them as thick as he does. They get them yeah, thick. Yeah, we get, we get a lot of... That's, I it just gets love dirty. It. Yeah, it does. It does get it, so it, dirty. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> you got so, me fired up. ready to grab a shotgun. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it because I like going on that side because I don't have to sit in the rain. Yeah, so I love going yeah, over there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we used to, we used to, When I was guiding, we were hunting, hunting over stuffers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it, it doesn't rain over there. Yeah, it just doesn't. Not no, it doesn't. And if it does, it's maybe a little bit. Of snow. I mean, it does rain, but not yeah. to where it's 
I mean, it's dry. You look at it, it's a high desert. Yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing how much that Cascade Mountain Range stops, how much rain it stops. Yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty cool. Just, I love taking that drive. I go up the gorge, up uh, I-84, it's called, and I-84. I-84 is on the Oregon side of the Columbia, and uh, F- I-14 is on the, the Washington side. I like the Oregon side because it's really cool, and it's got a bunch of inlets where you can see a lot of birds, and you're right by the river, and you go right through the gorge, and as soon as you get over the mountains, like – it, it'll be pouring until you get right to the mountain range and you get over the mountain range and yeah, sunshine. Yeah. Just like that. It's bananas. Yeah, Washington, Oregon, it's, it's, a, it's such an amazing waterfowl area. We haven't even talked about the sea ducks and stuff that you could go on the coast and then shoot brant and, and harlequin yep. and longtail and, and scoters. And it's just, it's a really, really waterfowl rich uh, area. And it's a, it's been a kind of a secret for a long time everyone thinks in the down south and the timber but there's no we don't have any room for any more people no no actually there's like oregon is closed and so is washington (laughs) like like you can't move there because everybody i was just talking to somebody yesterday he's like he's like do you guys get a lot of ducks out there and i go no it sucks it's terrible it's like what what do you mean like i go bro it's awful and i was like you know what House prices are high. I was like, don't come. Okay. Don't even <laughs> come for hand, vacation, We bro. have a 108-day season yeah, that starts uh, from middle of October to the end of January, and we can shoot seven mallards. So that's... Uh, what on earth? Yes, right? Well, we just don't... Well, you know, and the thing about it is... Do we I need just, to delete this off the podcast <laughs> so people don't... You know, we it. just don't have the hunters... No, that, no, no. That you guys have here, you go through the, the, the flyway, like you get down to Arkansas and, and that slot. I mean, we just don't have no. the hunter uh-uh. numbers. No. Mm-hmm. Like Michigan, like, like, you know, you go through Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, the hunter numbers there are incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, we just don't have that many license holders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and a lot we of have a lot of license. Yeah. And we have, I mean, the big game hunting obviously yep. is incredible. Yep. And and you have a ton of guys like a lot of guys will big game hunt until like I used to November. call it like the Thanksgiving yeah. stuff like yep. like other guys won't duck hunt until Thanksgiving mm-hmm. yeah and I mean we're already in it yeah, a month. hundreds of birds under my yeah bro we're already <laughs> we're banging away you <laughs> yes, know what I mean are. I'm having the time of my life and then guys are like hey I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start duck hunting like all right yeah, okay with that. bro we've been we've, yeah. we've been torching for a while like all right but you know they're getting their elk out of the way they have a deer tag they're doing whatever yep. so yeah usually right after thanksgiving then it kind of heats up a little bit yep absolutely keeps the birds moving a little bit yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's like alex said listen we've had days we've had days where me and my hunting partner uh mike would shoot we could shoot 14 birds. We shoot 13 species. <laughs> That's I mean, insane. So much fun. I mean, I, you I know, listen, up, I, I pass up widgeon just to shoot greenheads. I'll have widgeon in my decoys, and I'm like, I'm not going to shoot them. Yeah, well, if I'm coming up there, guess what? I'm going to shoot know, seven cotton You're going to shoot all my cotton tops. I love <laughs> shooting them. It's like, been so long since I've even shot one around here. Bro, I mean, they're out. here, but they just they don't. <laughs> and And you know what? There's more gadwall coming over that yes, way, too. Is. And we're starting to get them on my side, too. And that's a cool bird to shoot. Mm-hmm. I, it is. You know, everybody's like, oh, Looks you know, like gray ducks, or, brown yeah. ducks. Bro, it's a there's cool so many cool colors in that in that drake. It's mm-hmm. it's, yes, it's incredible. Is. But, yeah, you know, that day we shot, we were, we were on the river. I mean, we shot. It was insane. Cinnamon teal, shot a green wing, now shot mallards, talking. pintails. Yeah. 
Widgeon. Uh, I mean, it, it's just bananas what you can see and shoot. And listen, I love shooting seven greenheads. I'm all about it. But when you can go down and, and shoot that, you know, different ducks like that, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, see, and I think what I think is is fun to talk about when you get waterfowl hunting is one guy, his face will light up over greenheads, or one guy, his face lights up over a bull sprig or a oh, widgeon yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And here we shoot a lot of a lot of green wing teal, a lot of gadwalls, and a lot of mallards. But we don't get a lot. Uh, I mean, we do get widgeon, but we don't get a lot of the pintails. I think our yeah. limit was one. It may, maybe they moved it back to two. But no, we're just... going to one this year, too. <laughs> okay. Which is ridiculous because oh. you get the late season, if, or especially if we get a reverse oh. migration, I'll ha- we'll have flocks of 40, oh, 50 widgeon just right in our face, and, or excuse me, pintail right in your face. And it's like, we better pick a good one because you only yeah. get one of them. <laughs> I, are, I, I mean, I already see that vision in my head. Like, yeah. I, I already see it. Like, say there's four of us. I already see four Drake pintails, and then the next group of ducks is a hundred pintails right in the yeah. hole. And I mean, yeah. we shot the other ones close, but these are like right in front right of your face. face. Yeah, and, it's and just they wave, know. Yeah, I swear to God, yeah. they know. Hey, they got there four. We're good. <laughs> That's how it works. But you do. The good thing about it is you can't. Sometimes the widget will mix in, and bro, if I catch you in a flock of pintails, <laughs> you coming out. <laughs> You're going to drop out. Yes. Now, just a random question here. Uh-huh. Let's say you've got your one pintail, and you've got a, a like a pintail mallard cross that comes in. What do you count that as? Just out of curiosity. The mallard? That it's, I it's agree on it, bro. That's, that's yeah. what I'm counting it as. I'm absolutely counting it as that. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. I'll fight that court battle. The, now, this is, now, the bad thing, the worst thing about the one pintail deal is if you... You know, listen, if you're in a duck club, you, you're on a management area, listen, there are going to be cripples. It's you're, it's going to happen, right? I have learned on the management areas, like, if we are leaving and we have our limits, the dog does not go anywhere. He stays right by <laughs> me, and I burn him on the collar. I hate doing it, but I make him stay right next to me because I can guarantee you, He's going to find a pintail on the way out, and Mr. Green Jeans is going to be there that day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to happen. So I, I hate doing it, or I can put him on the leash, but I don't. But I just, because I let him go, because he's got to, bro, he pees, and he's got to pee on everything. He's just a male, so he mm-hmm. does that. But, but that's, the, that's the really bad thing about the one pintail deal. Yeah. That I hate, especially the management area, because you know it's, it's going to go down. It's going to happen. Yep. Absolutely. And and that's one thing I find it tough. I I know a lot of places have really changed their limits. And like you guys said, you'll be covered up in pintails, yet it's one. Um, Here in Missouri, the limit on honkers is three. Well, I moved 20 minutes across the Missouri River, and the limit in Kansas is six. And literally, it's a river. And I mean, how? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Figure the limits and lines. Bro, I'll blow your mind right now. So. The I-5 corridor, Oregon, this whole section, we have seven subspecies of Canada geese, okay? Seven. 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 Uh, A Vancouver, which is a bigger honker, a honker. You have a lesser, a taverner, cackler, cackler, and then you have the dusky, okay? Now, the dusky, you cannot shoot. It is protected. It looks exactly like (laughs) a can. All seven of them exactly look the same, okay? Mm -hmm. There's variances on the chest color and the Coleman length, the bill, okay? We used to have to, now we don't have to, we used to have to shoot our geese and drive to a check station so they could check them in and check the bill length. They would measure the bill, 
check the breast color with uh, the color card they have, and then they would measure uh, like their, I guess you would, you would call it like your knee to your ankle. They would measure just for, they would measure that for like how old the bird is, and they would sex it and check what sex it was. So now they don't do anymore because you're not allowed to shoot duskies. Now, if, if you used to shoot one and they got you with one, they would take your goose card away, your permit card. You couldn't shoot geese the rest of the year. You were done. And they could close the season. And they could close the season because they, they had too many were taken For everyone. Yes, for everybody in that zone, right? So now they got rid of the check stations, and now you're on the honor system. But if you get caught with a dusky, now it's like a $250 fine. So with all that being said, like you're trying to identify the geese early in the morning and everything going on, it is absolutely bananas. But just like you said, I-5 corridor, the west side of I-5, you cannot shoot a dusky. It's in the northwest permit zone, okay? On the right side of I-5, on the east side, you can shoot them. Okay. Now drive up to Washington. Washington, there's a slot. There's Southwest Washington where you can't shoot a dusky. That's still in the permit zone. And then there's like almost a line on one of the counties. And my buddy Travis is up there, and he's right on the line. You can shoot duskies above it, but not below it. And they usually and they put red collars on the duskies. Well, Travis has a couple red collars because he's right <laughs> above the line. And he puts them on, you know, you put them on Instagram or you put them on, on Facebook and you put a picture up and guys in the permit zone want to come up and kill you. You know what I mean? Because they're like, dude, you're shooting our duskies. That's the quotas. That's the whole deal. He's like, dude, I'm out of the zone. I'm out of the zone. Guys are ready to send people over to his yeah. house to arrest them fish and wildlife because they see the red collars. I'm like, dude, he's out of the zone. So just like you're saying on that, that's insane. Yeah. And we got to deal with that. Yep. I, I don't understand. Do do they sound the same? Their moan is a little. Their cluck and moan is a little different. Okay, so the Vancouver and the Western sound the same. Then you get to the Dusky. So we're going in size. Then you get to the Dusky. The Dusky's cluck and moan is a little different. If you've hunted them long enough, you hear it. You know. Plus, they are dumber. Yeah. Hands down, they are. To the point of, you know, no numbers because they are stupid. Like, if, if a goose is coming, it's pretty big, and it's coming, and it's going to bomb, like, right into the duck lake. Like, you know, a, a little 30 by 30 hole in the corn, like, nobody's shooting because you already know. Like, it's not a smart bird. It's dumb. Then you start coming down lesser taverner cackler in size. Mm -hmm. And the lesser is a little more gray, and the taverner and the cackler are really dark, dark yeah. brown but smaller. Small, yeah. Like... And they don't honk, they peep. Yeah. And it would make your head hurt. And it's crazy, though. When you see flocks of cackling geese flying around and they come in, it looks, it's, it's deceptive, the size of them. Mm -hmm. like, they look like they're it's a full-grown honker. You shoot it, and all of a sudden it's smaller than a mallard. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, it's just, their wild bird. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we have some cool stuff out by us. There's no doubt. Uh, listen, I love, I love shooting big honkers. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I mean, I love doing that, and I don't get to deal with that much anymore because we have so many little geese. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They have taken over. And see, we don't get that many little geese around here. Yeah, we really don't. We just have the big honkers, which yeah. is fine. I mean, I love shooting big honkers. Like you said, I would feel a little apprehensive without someone who's been hunting for 20 years out there in Oregon, but because I mean. Any pretty much anything here. I mean, other than swans, right. uh, you know, and, and s certain birds like that, you know, grebes and all that. But I mean, if it comes in here, it's it's open game. You can shoot it. And to think that you know, oh hey, that's there's a honker. You, nope, can't shoot that honker. That would yep. that's a little. Yeah. Guys have come from all over the world to shoot a cackler. 
Uh-huh. Like when I went to New Zealand and met met my buddies down there, Jeff and and Hunter and all those guys down there, uh, they w- they would come over every year. And Jeff's favorite thing to do is shoot a cackler. And we the like the second time we were out with him, he's like he did the test and watched the duskies or whatever and doesn't know what they look like. And like the second morning we were out, we had like eight duskies just do it dirty like right in front of us, and they're standing right there. And he's like, "Oh my god, that's what it looks like." <laughs> so. Yeah, that's really neat. So yeah, guys would come from all over to shoot a cackler, and and listen, it, there was guys for a long time that wanted to come and shoot duskies and shoot a collar and and head out of town and just take the ticket or whatever. You <laughs> so. know something that blew me away about we're talking about limits and stuff like that in different species. And, uh, I got I was fortunate to hunt uh, Southern Oregon for the first time uh, and hunt um, the, spec. the specs. Yeah, so. In Canada, which is arguably the, the most liberal area for waterfowl, maybe besides New Zealand and stuff like that, but in Argentina, but in, the Nor- in North America, it's, you know, I mean, the limits are great there. That's why we go up there and hunt them in there. Yeah. And the specs, it's what, three for a non-resident, four or five for a resident of Canada. But, uh, I, yeah, a, and I think resident, they bumped yeah. that up this year. Yeah. I think it's four so it's not and very five much. or it's five. Like, yeah, yeah, not very much. And this is Canada. Yeah. Now, you can go to the go to Oregon in the late season, which is only two-week season, and shoot 10 specs, which is unbelievable to me. To where but I can remember private was, property. Yeah. That, that hunt yeah, is. It is. It is. It is. But like, the fact that you can still shoot yeah. 10 specs when at, at one point it was only two certain places. Mm-hmm. Yep. So just the, the, the difference is like, how do you... If you're protecting a species here, why are you allowing so many sure. to be shot down here? So it's, well, they always go by the they always go by the numbers and everything else because I do remember one of my guys is a, a biologist for Fish and Wildlife, and you know everybody used to always complain, and they finally did the research. They're like, "How come you can go to Mexico and shoot twenty pintails, and we can shoot one up here?" Is that legit? That is legit. Yeah. You can go to Mexico and shoot because 20 of the, the hunters, right? Yeah, more pintails are shot. Opening day of California, opening season, first day of the season. More pintails are shot that day than the whole season in Mexico. That's why. So they, you can do that. That's what I said there. I mean, they are truly watching the numbers. The pintails this year, they're taking that whole slot of pintails, not the ones that come our way. They're taking that Midwest slot before they split, and they're saying you can only shoot one. But... So many go down the central and over here, and then the pile comes over by us. That's why we're at only one. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it is what it is. It we'll, is. As long as I get to go every, every every day I can for 100 days, I don't care. There you go. I don't care. Man, you got 100 days. Yeah, see, we're 60 days here. That's yeah. just crazy. That's 40 more days. Hey, listen, Colorado's no joke, too. Oh, don't no. trip on Colorado oh, no. because they have an early teal, and then they have a late goose. That's stupid too. Yeah, so it's go, going all the way into yeah, February. Don't slip yeah. on Colorado. Yeah. So and they're and they're killing a lot of oh man a lot of the lessers that are coming through there. I've hunted Colorado quite a bit. That front range, I like that, and it's beautiful hunting. I don't know if you've ever yep. hunted Colorado, but to to sit there and you got the Colorado Rockies in the, mm-hmm. in the backdrop, and you're you're shooting big piles of lessers and honks, and it's it's they don't get the duck numbers that we do, but um, they do get a lot a lot of geese, and there are ducks to come through. I've had some great duck hunts there, but. Uh, yeah, it's a neat place, Colorado. Absolutely. Uh, we're about 46 minutes, so that's not too bad. And I want to get back to, to gun dogs outdoors okay. a little bit okay. um, and talk a little bit more about that. So you've got the quick release system. Mm-hmm. You've got some, you know, a bungee system for vegetation that people can throw on blinds. Yep, yep. 
Um, basically, that just allows instead of like stubble straps. Yeah, it's basically what it does. Is we've done, been doing it for a long time. We've just take bungee cord and and uh, enhance our layout blinds by putting about a foot apart across the whole blind. So I I just start, started cutting up pieces and and putting together and and now we've started selling them. Um, and it, our one package like twelve dollars. It'll cover a complete bungee mm-hmm. or excuse me the biggest layout blind i think it's the final approach yeah the xl so, the xl yeah so that's kind of was my judgment you know made it right enough to it. sit that and it takes your uh, i hate brushing lines i absolutely hate it but it's the most important thing in my opinion besides the x is your hide so to do it right um to make it this system allows me to brush a blind a third of the time as it would a regular putting those stubble straps on because they're Cause really you're tight. Fighting the, exactly. Yeah, you're not fighting a little... A, a little, yeah, which doesn't give. With these yeah. bungees, I pull the bungee, I take a whole handful of corn or, or tumbleweeds or kosher or whatever. Yeah, tumbleweeds are great for Yeah, it. and oh you shove God. it in there and you snap it closed. And I mean, literally... I. Um, I'm getting ready. As soon as the season kicks off, I'm going to uh, do a side-by-side comparison of a video and show you guys how what a difference this makes. I mean, I, once you do it, you'll never put no, – you, you'll always have this on your blind. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's one thing. And then r- right now we're also – I'm in the process of developing and, – and the whole mission statement – really for our for my company once i came with this system is to focus on the comfort and safety of hunting dogs there's so many companies out don't there don't give away anything i know what you're going to talk about uh, and you need to close your mouth okay <laughs> <laughs> my advisor my technical advisor just told me i have to close my mouth okay, okay. so alex has some cool tuned. stuff coming <laughs> a lot of cool stuff coming and, so. and listen i hate to i hate to do that and i hate to say that but All it's right. it's a thing where like there, there's just unfortunately it's business, and there's just a lot of companies that love taking somebody's idea yeah. and and right. putting it out. So you listen, you are <laughs> you're a self-made guy. You have your own company. You you are your own boss and your whole deal. And I don't want somebody right. to rip you. So I, I appreciate I, you. Yeah, brother. I can appreciate I that appreciate as well, brother. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I got you. We got, bro. Some, we got some good stuff coming out. <laughs> yeah. now, hey, stay tuned. Go, yes. go to go to Gun Dog Outdoor. Go to yeah, go to had, Instagram. Yeah, he had to pull on that leash. Yeah, a little he did. Bit. He did. Bro. I, <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm fired I, up. I'm ready to go out and get that duck, man. I got you. I got. I got your back because I knew that as soon as yeah, you yeah. said that, I was like, I knew it was coming. I was like, no, yeah, yeah. no I gotta, I gotta do it. Yeah, I gotta do it because yeah. I gotta, right. I gotta watch out for my people, man. Because listen, there's a lot of ton. There's a ton of big businesses, and listen, you you take Rogers. I mean, you were saying yeah. it the other day. This is a family company Absolutely. like it truly is yeah. i mean mm-hmm. i mean steve is the dad stevie's the son mandy works there shannon runs the store i mean you're talking about the whole family yeah. like we're not talking about like that is yeah. going away in business yes. the tradition we've talked we talked about yeah. the tradition and what why alex and i i think get along so well is that the tradition of waterfowling and the sport isn't what it used to be we're losing a lot of icons in the sport like you know listen uh, Tim Grounds, incredible person, loved him. I, I missed him. I, you know, uh, this whole weekend, like I, I didn't hear, hey, bub. Like I didn't, I didn't get to hug him, see him, and that bothers me. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. Like, so we're losing those guys. And and, and you know, Butch Richenbach from RT, we're we're all those older gentlemen that everybody that we learned off of are gone. And I'm thinking to myself. Where's the next generation going to learn from? And there's everything that's so heavily on social media, and anybody can put anything out there. And I, I just want, like, I want my kids to learn the right way, and I want 
you know, anybody listening, I want your kids to learn the right way. And, and that's why Alex and I get along so well. We, we, that's what we talk about. We talk about the tr- tradition. You know, you go through phases in your life. It's not all about killing stuff. Listen, I love killing stuff just like anybody else. But I love the sport, what we do, the birds, the dogs, everything about it, the smell of it going. Like, yep. I, I yep. can't wait till first day for me when I start going. Yep. It's and, and, like and Christmas every you're time. You're absolutely right, and it's a family stuff, and that's what's exciting about what we go, got going on. And actually, when, and I think we can talk about this. Yeah, 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 no, you check me on this one. <laughs> but, 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 um, so I make um, hunting videos, and that's how I love – that's the beauty about – when I was doing television stuff, I got into it because I love producing. I love capturing it on film and putting beautiful stuff on film so people mm-hmm. could watch it and experience it and see some of the places that they're not able to go and that yeah. I'm able to capture. So um, I just continue doing even though I'm not doing it for television, I continue to do it and building my YouTube channel. And, and now I've got um, – a, 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 we're getting ready to go on, on Carbon TV. It's called The Wild, and um, which is an internet-based uh, TV show, and they got a lot of hunt shows on their stuff. And plus, we have a new YouTube channel. We have videos on on our social media and stuff. But um, I'm actually te- this next season. My daughter and myself, which we're talking about family yep, here, are going to be focusing on. Um, waterfowl hunting across the country and going to these unique places and here i'm gonna i'm giving this to her i'm gonna be behind i mean i'll still be on tv and stuff like that film but she's gonna i'm giving her the reins and allowing her to to host it narrating telling her story as a female waterfowler she's pretty popular in the industry now she's um got something like thirty thousand followers in sierra langbell um mm-hmm. she's just and she's not really a poser good. bro she's, she's a not a poser she is a hunter. killer she and i hate saying that you know but there are some mm-hmm. people that that come across as being something yep. they're they're not or you know hey you know like I, I i only go to the deer side like only because it's the easiest it's like you know we're hunting a high fence the guide's been watching this deer for you know for two years and you're going to come in november and shoot it and nobody else gets to shoot it like there's no high fences in waterfowl no. like you can't pose it like yeah. and so she's legit yeah. and she's a great ph- photographer and, yeah. and she's mm-hmm. a social um, media um what do they call it influencer, influencer yeah so mm-hmm. she represents uh, quite a few companies with sitka and and lacrosse and Beretta uh, and it name you know goes on and on but um but there's a reason they picked her because she she she's not out there you know a lot of Girls will, you know, not wear as much, and she's oh, yeah. not like she's not like that. She's she's just a hunter, and she, yeah. I can remember her in a, in a, getting her in a, a goose blind at at you know eight years old, and yeah. so it's just like it, it's part of that's where we you were talking about the tradition and trying to c- continue that and getting away about you know there's so many people just want to stack up numbers now. They look at me, this is what I got for social media, and that's not what it's about. Yeah. It's about continuing what we love to do and being able to sit here and talk about our passion like we're doing mm-hmm. right now and everyone who's listening to us have that same passion yep. of waterfowl and we need to continue that and grow that because our numbers as far as waterfowlers are are going away and, and that's you know because a lot of people, a lot of kids our generation would rather sit there and, and, and play on their phones and play you know video games and do all that stuff. You know another thing that somebody else was saying to me like you know you you watch these TV shows or you watch a video and you're you're piling them up, right? Mm-hmm. And say like a first-time kid and his dad go and they don't see a thing, right? And then they go the second time and maybe they shoot one bird. And maybe that's not, like, that to me is exciting. Like taking my son and maybe not seeing anything, that's not great, but I got him out. And then the second time shooting a bird, like that's huge. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe they do it a couple times and then they're not seeing the big piles, so they don't do it. They stop doing it. 
And that's not what it's all about. No. Like it, it truly isn't. is about going yep. and getting better. Cause that's the other thing you get into this sport. Like it's not easy. You just don't go down the road and shoot something, you know, no. you just go down and shoot a turkey. Like you, you, you know, there are places where there's a lot of deer and you've got a shot at shooting a deer. Like these are wild birds. Yeah. There's no fence. No. There's no highways. There's no nothing. Like you don't know what's going to happen. They can go anywhere. So it's not easy. Yep. But you got to work at it, get better, and that's what the payoff is. Mm -hmm. That's the sport. That's Absolutely. the tradition. Putting time in and yeah. doing over both of us over thirty-five plus years of waterfowl experience, and we still get humbled on a, oh, on a bell basis. It, it's not like you know you, they see a lot of the, the good hunts and stuff. Yeah, we we hold our own, but but honestly, it's it's a it's a living creature that's that's trying to survive and mm -hmm. they, they adapt just like well, yep. like when the spinning wing came out it's like oh yeah the first couple of years oh, we just yeah. crushed them but guess what happened they adapted they, they figured, figured it out, out quick. real quick mm -hmm. so that's and that's what mother nature does it survives and so that's a, that, that's 100% true and you made a good point earlier talking about uh social media obviously that's what I do for Roger so yeah. I, I see it all but talking about doing it you know being in the industry for the right reasons i know a lot of people um, you know, and it, it's the nature of the beast. They're, they're on social media to either become internet famous, Insta famous, um, and they may post something and it's all about how many likes or how many, you know, followers and, and you know, and to each their own. I mean, yeah. so be it, but we need to remember that we're doing this to, you know, to help grow the sport, um, you know, get people involved, Absolutely. protect the, the conservation of, of yep. waterfowl. Yep. And uh, I've talked about it on another podcast that, you know, with the internet and social media as well, everybody, you know, they're big behind the keyboard. And, oh, yeah. and, and there's so much negativity, and we're all in this oh, together. Yeah. And I, I said on, on a podcast I did um, a while back that instead of posting negative comments, just post a positive feedback. Don't get jealous. Say, you know, yeah. great job, attaboy. And Mario, like you were saying, if it's a dad with his kid and they only went out and shot the kid shot one teal bird, that's it. Yeah. You and a hand at that. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah, give him a high five. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. And you, the more positive, you, the more positivity you throw out there, the more that'll come back to you tenfold. Bro, I don't yeah. care. Listen, yeah, I don't care if you pass shoot. That's not for me. But I don't care if you're a kid and that's the only thing you could do. Go do it. I don't care if you run dogs on raccoons. I don't care if you trap. Like, you guys got to understand, everybody really has to get this at some point. This isn't a Democrat, Republican. This isn't anything. Hunters have to stick together. So don't bash other hunters for doing anything yeah, because that's what PETA or any of these yeah, organizations, that's what they want. That's what they, they, want. Want. Exactly. they want you guys, all of us, to fight with each other mm -hmm. about anything. Like, oh, I shot a bear yeah. with a crossbow. Bro. I don't exactly. Care. You, if that's what you love, if you love shooting a bear with a crossbow, bro, and if that's what makes you get up in the morning, and as long and, as it's legal, yeah, bro, as long as it's legal, and that's what got you up in the morning, that that what that gets me up to get in the boat and go, like, dude, I'm I'm happy for you because Absolutely. I know that Absolutely. feeling. Mm -hmm. I I yep. live it. I yeah. love yep. it. Like I can't wait. There's so many forces trying to. To, to divide us and separate That's us, right. especially with the gun controls That's going right. on, stuff like that. And I mean, we have to stay together. Well, exactly. I couldn't have spoken it better. What you were just talking about. Right? Yeah. It's just like that's exactly right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and especially you guys out west, trying, they're trying to sell off public ground. And oh, I bro, mean, bro. You, we can't even get started on that because no. that'll get me going for an hour. <laughs> but I mean, we, the, the the yeah, like you said, everybody's trying to divide the hunters because the more we're divided, the weaker we get. Yep. The only other thing that I that I'll leave everybody with is is. Super important. We talk about it all the time, but we don't press it enough. Is listen, 
please do yourself. We talk about dog safety, your gun safety, and locking up your guns, and watching your kids, and teaching them the right way. And you know what? I have, like, like my son will have friends over. Like, I make sure everything's locked up or whatever's going on. And everybody, like, all the kids in my neighborhood play Nerf guns. And I I teach them gun safety on the Nerf guns. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And, And because, like... If somebody gets killed or somebody gets shot and it's a hunter and this, it's just more bad press and more fuel for them to come after us. So you got to watch what you're doing. You got to be legal. You got to be safe. Like just start thinking for the next generation and just try to help. Yep. That I mean, I don't know what else yep. to say. Like uh, the, the tradition and the safety and everything else, like everything's all lumped together. I don't care. As long as you legally hunt or fish, I don't care how you do it. Uh, if that's what gets you going, man, I'll give you a hug because I know that feeling. <laughs> yes. And yep. that makes me get up every morning. Yep. And, and do what you do. And, yeah, man. Exactly. It's, I'm literally getting fired up right now thinking about shooting ducks and <laughs> right. geese and deer. Bro, we get in the car right now. <laughs> yeah. we, it's hunting season somewhere. somewhere, right? <laughs> we, uh, let's go. Like, I don't care where we're going. We're only a couple months away, bro. bro. Only a couple months away. I'm thinking about Canada already. Right we're now. just talking about right it, now. and I cannot, yeah. cannot wait. I just want to see smiles and smell gunpowder. That's my two favorite <laughs> yeah. things. Bro. And wet dogs. And Three wet things dogs, right there. Right? Bam. Or breakfast in the blind. I love that smell, too. Yeah. Well, everybody loves that, no <laughs> yeah. doubt. Because it, well, it's you're either smelling gunpowder or you're smelling <laughs> breakfast because both of those, so they don't go hand in hand all the time. Usually sure. you're making breakfast because it's slow. Yeah, that's you know? true. But the dog smells all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Okay, so Mario, we kind of got your final thoughts there. Alex, let's uh, finish up with a little bit more about Gundog. You guys have a YouTube channel. Yep. We uh, Well, it's my personal yeah, from sure. I've had it for, I've got um, uh, shows from uh, the Foul Life, or excuse me, from the Grind on there. I have some tra- um, t- hunting tips on there. I have just a bunch of just, it's just my fun channel mm-hmm. that I used to, I produce. And now I, I, I do put some, uh, our shows on there, all of our, the shows I do have some uh, called The Wild. It's just my little fun mm-hmm. little show. Sure. But uh, but it's good it's good quality. I, I compare it to anything that's on television right now. It's, I got mm-hmm. some great camera guys working with me and, and my production. And I think I've stayed at that level where I've, where, where I got hired, you know, for both, both TV shows. So, sure. and I'm growing it myself and, and uh, th- got that. And then, you know, um, with the social media, we talked about that. I'm, I got a pretty good following both on Facebook and, and, uh, and uh instagram and so it's just i i i'm pretty active mm-hmm. on, on both of those um it's just it's a lot of fun i just love um interacting with people and and i appreciate i appreciate all my followers and uh, anyone who who you know interacts with me and mm-hmm. and and follows me and it's just a, it's a good feeling because i do i truly do love this industry I, i've been in it for about 17 years like i said earlier and you know you you there's it puts some bad taste in your mouth but then you realize as you grow and you get older what's really important in life and what really matters in life and to me right now where i'm at what matters to me is being around good people who care and passing on tradition and loving my family and being loved back you know mm-hmm. that's what exactly that's what's important to me and and so I, I just want to thank, you know, Rogers Sporting Goods. I want to, I want to thank mm-hmm. Mario, great friend, one of my best friends in the world. Um, I want to thank, you know, just all my supporters and anyone who follows me. I just really appreciate it. We'll hug it, it out, bro, right after right we get on. off the <laughs> yeah. air here. So, yeah, Gundog Outdoors, you can check them out, um, Facebook, Instagram. And it, it's a great product. Yep. That it, it focuses on safety. And training your dog, especially like you said, if you're if you're not into the e collars or yeah, you know, that they give mean, you peace of mind. Exactly, I mean, it's easy. 
Exactly. So definitely check it out. Alex, thanks a lot for doing the you podcast betcha. with us, man. I appreciate it. Mario, we're going to get you in on another one. All good, bro. You know me. So. I love to talk. <laughs> yes, if we're in, hey, bro, we're talking. Well, listen, I love to talk to start, but you want to talk about duck hunting and goose hunting? All day long. Bro, you got to shut day, me every up. Day. You got to shut me <laughs> up. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're a little over an hour, so we're going to wrap it up. But uh, awesome. thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. yeah thank thank you. you.